0: Well, hello, everybody, and back to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. My name is Dr. Angela Loria, and I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of the difference process for writing a book that matters. And uh, every week on the show, we talk to authors about their experience writing their book, not not just uh, not just so that we can learn about the books and the authors, which is great and, and a fun part of the show, certainly for me, but also for authors in transformation to understand what it actually takes to finish a book. So many people start the process of writing a book in their heads, on their computers, and just don't get to the end of that journey. And what I've discovered in, in my ooh, 19 years of working with people on their books is there are some Things that authors that finish their books have in common, and Mary, uh, who is with us today, Mary Saganovich, is the author. Mary Ellen Saganovich, I should say, is the author of Healing Healing Arts.
1: What's the name of your book? Healing name? Words: Life Lessons yes. to Inspire.
0: Thank you, Mary. So Mary is here, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her book and her experience, so that hopefully you can take something from that. You can learn to apply some of the things that helped Mary get to the end of her journey to help you get to
1: the end of your
0: book journey. So,
1: Mary, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. I really appreciate it. So if you want
0: to follow along as we're talking, you can check out uh, Mary Ellen's website. Go to www.ask dot MaryEllen.com, and she's got some great information up there, and you can see her book. Um, but Mary, tell us about Healing Words. How did you come to write the book, and tell us what it's about?
1: Well, it was a really unusual experience, Angela. I always knew, like any, like everybody else, that you have a book inside of you, a lot of people. And I always thought it would be on education, because I had been a middle middle school teacher for 15 years, and I really loved it. And so I, but I struggled with writing on that subject. And then one day um, I just got, actually got into an argument with my husband. We'd been newly married. And I was already teaching people uh, the spiritual truths that are in this book. And I knew that if he comes with fear and I come with fear, we goes back and forth and it just is like gasoline on a fire. So instead of continuing the argument, I simply took out a legal pad of paper and started writing. And the first one I wrote was on anger. And I wrote something like, I am angry with you. No, I'm angry at myself. I'm projecting it on you. And it just kept going on and on. And then after I heard anger, I kept hearing these little vignettes is what it is. The book is 73 vignettes, everything from awareness through to faith and forgiveness. And I, this whole long weekend, I just wrote and wrote and wrote. It was, I just couldn't stop. In fact, I think my husband was... Extremely worried about me. And after I wrote these 73 vignettes, um, I just took the legal pads I had, because this was back in 1999 and the book came out in 2011. And that's a whole long, another story. But I just put them on my computer and I walked away from them. And I came back and I kept, you know, I'd clean the room and I'd see the legal pads. And one day I heard, because I tell everybody, I didn't write this book. My higher power wrote this book. Mm-hmm. I heard, I, I didn't write it. You know, I. Hear, so when I, when I
0: coach people, I actually call that your inner author, and right. we talk. Um, we talk about when you're really, when you're really in the right place to write the right book for you. It's almost like downloading it. It's like yeah, your book it's, writes itself when you're in the right place.
1: That is exactly what happened. And so one day I sat down on my computer, and I don't even think I had Word back then, or maybe I did, but I had a pamphlet program I put in there, a floppy disk. This is way back. And so I started transposing these in a vignette form because that's the way the program was. And I had the title at the top, I had the vignette, and then for some reason I put amen at the end and the line, and I went to the next one. And it's, it was just... An unusual, and then I threw them on the floor afterwards, and I said a prayer. And I said, okay, what order should these be in? Now, I knew awareness had to be first, because without awareness of yourself, you can't fix anything, you can't change anything, you can't do anything differently because you don't know to do it differently. And right. I also knew that faith and forgiveness had to be towards the end because your forgiveness of the self, is your culminating Mm. spot towards loving yourself, which is what we're Mm. all here to learn. Mm. So I I know it was just a very strange experience, but it was a great experience, and it's been an awesome journey. So
0: tell us about um – the, the 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 12 years i guess between when you wrote your book and when it was actually published what what was your publishing journey like because that
1: sounds like it was slightly
0: more challenging it than was, your writing
1: journey and because i sent it off at first to one publisher and they picked it up and they were all set to do it and we were like three weeks away from launching it and it was a what I thought a good publishing house, it had a reputation and still has a reputation, but this, of course, was their subsidy branch. You know, since I'm not, I don't have a background in writing, and so yeah, I had to pay towards putting my book together. And at that time, we paid quite a bit of money. And three weeks before it was set to go out, they sent me an email that they were going bankrupt and closed that part, and I could buy my books from the warehouse. And I was like, what? And so I get. Now, was this the, way back in
0: 1989? Like, did you?
1: Were you going to do it right away? Yeah, this was back in 1999 or two. Might have been right in 2000. Mhm. The first subtitle for the book was "Healing Words: Life Lessons for the New Millennium." Mm. Oh. And uh, <laughs> so, so the that, millennium wasn't that new anymore. <laughs> so, so that didn't work out. And like I said, we've lost, we'd have we lost quite a bit of money on that. And so I put the book, the manuscript on the shelf and I said, God, if you want this to get out there, you're just going to have to send me a publisher. Well, at that time we were living in North Carolina. We moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where we live now. And the book sat on the shelf and sat on the shelf. And all of a sudden one day, and I did not seek out publishers, all of a sudden they started emailing me. And as they emailed me, I thought, well, okay, I'll answer it, you know. And I had one publisher that I was interested in, which was Tate, the one that I that did end up publishing the book. And the first time I sent the manuscript in from Tate, I didn't hear from them. Didn't hear from them, so I thought, well, okay, I'll risk and call them back. And she goes, Oh no, we don't want your manuscript. It's New Age. It's this. It's that. And I'm like, Well, okay, thank you anyway. And and I thought, well, I guess meant to go with somebody else. So then I was set to go with another publisher. In fact, I was ready to sign a contract, and the doorbell rang, and here this FedEx envelope is, and it's from Tate. And so I called them, and I said, well, I think you all made a mistake because you turned me down. She goes, oh, no, I was having a bad day that day. My computer crashed. You really want your book? And I had really wanted them to do it because of some of the – other authors I had seen and friends I had and some of the graphics they had I liked the way they did a, a particular book, so I went ahead and went with Tate. But it was interesting experience.
0: And so for you, the 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 book sat on the shelf for a long time. Was um. there was publishing? always important to you? Is that part of what your vision for
1: the book was?
0: Because it sounds like you wrote it so
1: quickly. Yeah, no, I knew the book was supposed to get out there because, like I said, because it wasn't coming from me. And I knew these were all Mm -hmm. truths, universal truths, that could assist everybody on their journey as they go through life. Right. And uh, so I knew it would get out there. I didn't actively seek a publisher i mean i was very busy doing other things and i have multiple sclerosis so i was dealing with that as well and um so i just waited for it to come to me instead of forcing the issue and looking for it um i guess looking back at it i wish i had sometimes we had been so burned by that first experience of losing Mm. as much money as we did that uh I don't know. We just had to get over that and heal from that first. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So what are some of the things now,
0: your book's been out for a couple of years, um, mm-hmm. what are some some things now, if you had to write your book over again, what are some things you wish you knew? Or if you were, are writing a second book, which I know is something that you've at least thought about, what what are some lessons that you'll apply from the first?
1: Well, I wish I knew more about the marketing end of the book because – I assumed, however incorrectly that is, because I do teach people that 99% of all assumptions are false, but I assumed that my publisher, once it was done, would put me out there and get me on XYZ or whatever to get the book out in front of people. And they kept asking me for addresses that I wanted to send it to. And I'm like, well, okay, and I had some, you know, source, but I don't know ABC, NBC you know, all these shows because I could get on those. And the story I have to tell that's behind this book, because like I say, between having epilepsy and multiple sclerosis, I've been on such a journey, and that the book is a culmination of me going through everything I've been through in my life. Mm. And I wish I knew more about the marketing end of it because... So what are, some, what are some specific marketing tips that you
0: might apply the next book you write or that you would suggest for another author as they're writing their book? What are some things you should know about marketing?
1: I think uh, they need to ask whoever they're going to go with to publish their book, okay, what is your marketing plan for me? Is it A, B, C, D? Because I feel like I was promised a certain things. And whether the book was sent to these people or not, I have no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, it was, maybe it was sent to them and the people didn't like it. Okay, fine, I understand that. That's not hurting my feelings at all. And, you know, I need help getting out there. I mean, I get it out more through Facebook because I post the truth of the day on Facebook, Monday through Fridays, and then I try to explain it. And then that gets people interested, well, what else do you have to write? And I say, well, I have a book, you know. And it's mm-hmm. got, a five, got a five-star rating on Amazon right now, as far as I know. That's so, nice. uh You know, and I did send some packets out recently to, uh, like, the Today Show, Kathy Lee and Hoda and Good Morning America. And I sent different packets to each individual person. And I tried to do the best. I tried to think it through before I did it. And put everything together. So hopefully, I'll hear from somebody. And I really think this book, somebody's going to hear about it somewhere. Somebody's going to hear your show and say, "Hey, that lady sounded really interesting. That healing words, life lessons to inspire book. I got to look at that. I got to see what that says." And they're going, or they're going to pick up a copy and they're going to go, "Wow, we need to get this lady in here." And I really yeah. think it is take off and I think it already has started to take off so what
0: are the pieces of marketing in your opinion that an author is responsible for and where does a publisher come in and what what parts of marketing does a publisher do in your
1: experience I, I would totally agree that the author has to be responsible for their own book because number number one I'm passionate about this because I don't just believe in it, I know in it. I know this is supposed to reach people, okay? It's not just, and I don't mean to put anybody's book down, it's just not a novel you're going to read one time. This book you could pick up every day of the week. You could pick it up five years from now. You could pick it up anywhere. It's something that you could always turn to. It's just not a one-time read. So I think you have to know your book. You have to know... Who your audience would be, whether it's children or teenagers or older people or middle-aged people, and you have to know where to market it and what venues to go to. Like, you know, if a uh, arts and crafts fairs in the fall, if it's a like a lot of my book will sell very well at a spiritual or a health fair, mm-hmm. or at like the health club i i work out every day so i go to the different sports barns here in town and you know people come by my table and since they know me and they know my reputation they go oh what did you write oh or they'll come to me and they'll one lady said you know she was getting married she wanted 10 copies for her wedding party oh nice you know so it's just these words of mouth and as people read it and they go Oh my gosh! I mean, and I've had so many good emails, and so many good letters, and so many good.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what keeps you going. What are some of the What are some of the great things that have happened to you since your book came out? What are
1: some of the emails and letters and other pieces of feedback that you've gotten? Well, I was at a luncheon last week, and a lady. It was a ladies' luncheon. And they were all going around the table saying what they did. And I said, well, I was an author, and inspirational speaker, which is what I do. I speak to groups. And they said, well, what do you write? And I said, Healing Words, Life Lessons to Inspire. And this lady next to me turned to me, and she goes, oh, my gosh, I've got to tell my mother. And I'm like, what? And she goes, she gave me a copy of your book. She loves your book. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good. (laughs) So it's just. Things like that that come up or little emails you get or just little things that just keep you going and say, hey, you know, this is something that will live on longer than I will. It's something that you leave the universe with as your gift to the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the legacy piece that can't be underestimated for sure. What are are there opportunities that you have had, like speaking opportunities you've gotten that you think you wouldn't have gotten if you weren't an author?
1: Oh, definitely. I was able to speak to Girls Incorporated here in Chattanooga. They're just a wonderful group. I spoke to the Retired Nurses Association, um, just all kinds of different church groups. And, you know, as people read my books, they go, well, would you come and speak here? Would you come and speak there? And I go and if they want to buy my book, they can. If they don't want to buy my book, then that's fine too. I mean, I just, because for me, it's about getting the words across to people. It's about getting awareness to people. It's about getting non judgment and getting out of motives and getting out of expectations and getting all these fears erased in our society to, so we can have some peace in our lives. Yeah.
0: Why do you think it's so important to you to share these lessons? Obviously, there are things that you learned that were important to you, but why, why is sharing
1: them important? Because I know that this is what God wants me to do. I know this is what my higher power wants me to do with my life. I, I just know that, and actually, when I started to write this book and started to hear it, I, I talked to my higher power, and I call it God. You can call the universe, whatever. And I said, "No, pick somebody else." I mean, they're not going to listen to me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've got like two-inch nails and bright blonde hair. They're not going to listen to me. And I remember hearing, "No, that's why I put you everything. Everything that you went through in your life is to for this. This is the culmination." And I just, I just have a very. This is my passion just like an artist yeah. would be passionate about painting. And if it's not right. your passion, then you shouldn't write. Whatever you're writing about should be passionate to you at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's a long time that you have been focused on
0: the same subject. Like this book has been out for a while, but also has been, you know, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't published, it's something you wrote a long time ago, what do you think it is about the message that that keeps it fresh, or how do you keep the topic fresh?
1: Well, these messages, let's see, to me I keep it fresh by living it, and it's extremely hard to live all the things I write about. In fact, I'll be having a bad day sometime, and my friends at the club will go, Mary Ellen, we've got a really good book you can read <laughs> to pick <laughs> you back on. And the one thing that keeps this book fresh, even though it was published you know, for the first time in 2011, is because it's something that, like I said, it, it's universal. It's, you're always going to want to read about unconditional love. You're going to want to know about intimacy. You're going to want to know about fear and awareness and um, willingness and wishing and hoping and judgment. And all of the topics in this book are things that will help anybody whether you're a middle schooler, you're a high schooler, whether you're in college, if you're a new parent, wherever you are in your life. Because this is those, a book lessons, because a those lesson. lessons
0: are so uh, general, like they would help a middle schooler or a parent, or that's a big uh, variety. Um, has that made it easier or harder to market, do you think? Like, do you think it would be easier if you were targeting, you know, let's say middle school students?
1: Well, it's probably made it a little harder because it is so broad that I have to watch what I say to one group or to another. But a lot of these truths of the day, um, what happened when I was teaching school, I would have an a objective, a factoid, and a vitamin on my classroom board for the kids when they came in. And the vitamins were a vitamin for your mind. Well, a lot of the Mm. truths of the day or the healing words, life lessons to inspire, came out of these vitamins, like what you Mm. focus on experience, what you think about happens. And when you can teach a young person that, and then they can get that into their awareness so that when they see something and they can step back and not blame somebody else, but choose to see it differently, then what a difference that would make in their life. Yeah. So uh, so
0: when you are talking about this message to different groups, like you mentioned Girls Incorporated, which I think targets young women, high school age maybe? Correct. Do you yes. change the message for different groups? And is that hard or easy?
1: I basically tell, I'll start off with the book, and then, depending on how I go, I'll usually interject parts of my story so that they can see me as the person I am instead of the person they assume I am from what I look like. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, totally. Because a lot of times you'll see somebody, and my neurologist will, tells me all the time, they say, he says, Mary Ellen, you're the healthiest sick person I know because I look extremely healthy, but I work out every day religiously. I'm very strict about what I eat and what I don't eat, and I really try to practice everything that I talk about and everything that I write about. And if you want to see what Mary Ellen looks like, go to AskMaryEllen.com
0: and you can see her picture there. She does not look like a sick lady at all. (laughs) You're very beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, what would you what would you want to tell an author? Obviously, you're really um, you're personally really passionate about making a difference and making uh, your life have you know power and meaning and legacy and all that stuff. What would you want somebody to know who wants to write a book, but maybe they just they're missing some piece or another. They just can't seem to finish it. They can't seem to you know get that burst of momentum that you had to get your book finished
1: so quickly. What
0: advice would you give them?
1: Well, first of all, pick a topic you're passionate about. Like if you're passionate about dogs, what about dogs? If you're passionate about murder mysteries, then contemplate a murder mystery and outline it and, you know, put it together, you know. But do, you have to pick a venue, a path, a journey that you're passionate about that you can speak to the audience through your writing.
0: Hmm.
1: And I think that passion, or I know that passion, is what will continue your writing experience in a more positive way, in a good way, in a real way. At real health, real always stands for really enthusiastic about life, because that's <laughs> where I truly believe, that when people are really enthusiastic about life, then they do generate good health. Absolutely.
0: So um, what parts of the process from writing your book to publishing it, what,
1: what was different than you expected it to be? Well, like I said, the marketing was definitely different. Uh, the what did you period... expect
0: the marketing to be like?
1: And then what is it like? Because I think whatever your expectation
0: was, it's probably very similar to what a lot of our listeners are thinking the marketing is going to be like. So
1: why don't you talk about for you, what were you imagining, and then what's the reality? Well, I was expecting, okay, Mary Ellen, you've been booked here, you've been booked there, whether it's a TV show, radio show, a bookstore, whatever. And uh, I didn't hear anything from them. They would send me little things once a week or once a month about where they sent my book out to or where they sent my new book release to, but I wasn't getting anything on my calendar. So then I kind of took the bull by my own horns, and I went to stores here in the Chattanooga area and said, hey, you know, people that knew me, and I said, hey, can I come here with my book, you know, whatever. And then I would go and I would tell my publisher, and I think they got a little missed with me that I wasn't going through them. But my point Mm -hmm. was, well, you're not setting anything up, so I don't – I don't think any author, if they really want to get their book out there, needs to just sit behind and, well, my publisher's not doing anything for me. If you truly believe in your book, do something for yourself. It's just like anything else. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was let down at first, but then I had to realize I had to take responsibility and say, hey, you know, that was an expectation of mine. I teach people to get out of expectations. So, there it was right in front of me. I said, okay, if I'm going to get on Dr. Oz or Today or Good Morning America or The View or anything, you know, I'm going to talk, and I'm going to talk to everybody I can, and if I have to drive up there myself, maybe I'll drive up there myself. Yeah. So... There are a lot of
0: people, a lot of, uh, I'll say, vendors in the book industry that reach out to authors, particularly to self-published authors with lots and lots of opportunities to spend money. How have you made decisions on what to buy and what not to
1: buy? Yeah, I had a, an offer to come to New York and meet with all these publishers and all this kind of stuff. Again, it was more money than we we could afford. I mean, I just... Mm-hmm i could have done it i would have done it and i just couldn't and we just couldn't risk again putting a big sum of money out there and not having any results because there have been too many times when i've advertised or i've done this or i've done that and i haven't had any results from it so you know you have to see okay this is uh, a children's book okay let's go to daycare centers. Let's go to, you know, maybe it's a children's book for uh, pre-K. Maybe it's a children's book for middle school. Maybe it's a, ch- you know, whatever it is. You have to know your market. You have to know where it will sell. Like I would not take my book into an elementary school. It's just not going to work. I'd take it into a middle school if it was like a seventh eighth grade. Or if it was a private right. school, but public school, I can't take this into so, because there's too much. And
0: so, when you're making decisions about what to, you know, what to buy and what not to buy, uh, you know, you're thinking about your specific audience. Or are there other, um, uh, you know, are there other criteria you use when you're deciding? You know, have have you worked with anybody to help market your book?
1: No, I have not. I mean, I've done it except for my publisher who has done, I'd like to think that they did the best they could. I don't know. I kind of have my doubts there. Uh-huh. And, uh, I think a lot of people feel that way uh, about their publishers. It's a very,
0: you know, p- people are often, and I have a publishing imprint, so I know this up close and personal, um, but, you know, I think people are often conflicted about what they think their publisher is going to do for them and then what their publisher actually does and it's mm-hmm. hard to reconcile those things but obviously your publisher has a lot of books and no one's going to work as hard you know to to promote your book as you.
1: Yeah. Now that that's correct and you know you have you can't make assumptions and you got to get out of those expectations and do it as much on your own as you can and, or set it up beforehand with the publisher Okay. When the book comes out, you're going to do one. You're going to do two. You're going to do three, and this is yeah. this is, you know. Well, I think that's I think
0: that's terrific advice. Um, uh, is really to think about. I have these ten steps to writing a book that matter, and one of them is uh, creating your masterpiece, and that is about finding the right publishing agreement for you.
1: And there's lots
0: of agreements out there. There's lots of – there's an infinite number of contracts. And so being really clear about what you want your publisher to do and, and getting that in the contract and that's really correct. establishing that. I think that's great advice that that a lot of people aren't aware of. In our last few seconds, any uh, final words of
1: advice or uh, wishes that you would have for people that are trying to finish their book? No, I wish them all the success that in all the – goodness that comes from writing a book and all of the blessings that i've received because i know that that's been more than i could ever ask for so even if i didn't ever sell another single copy of this book it would have been well worth it
0: oh beautifully said uh mary Ellen Saganovich. she is the author of healing words life lessons to inspire you can learn more about her at askmaryellen.com mary Ellen, thank you so
1: much for being with us today Thank you so much, Angela. I really appreciate the opportunity. And we will be
0: back next week on Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time.